Welcome to the Open Forum Podcast. This is actually our last episode from all of our live content captured at the U.S. Games booth at the Shape America National Convention in Nashville. We were fortunate enough to get a hold of Brian DeVore and Aaron Hart in the middle of their crazy busy schedules. And this was actually towards the end of day three, which you would think things would let up, but they were just as busy then as they were on day one. So I'll let the interviews speak for themselves. A lot of great things that we discussed, not only from the week, but for the future of Open. And it was an amazing honor to be able to do this and to be able to put out all this content for you folks at home. And on behalf of Mike and I, thank you for listening through all of our live episodes and continuing to comment and tweet at us and just continue to put out all those good vibes around our little open form podcast project here. From this point, we are heading back to our monthly releases, so you can count on a new episode of the Open Forum podcast releasing on the first Tuesday of every month, hot off the presses. So without further ado, our conversations with Brian and Aaron, and thank you so much for tuning in through our little journey. Folks, day three of the Open Forum podcast here at Shape Nashville. We're in the Music City Center, the U.S. Games booth up here on the third floor. And for the third day in a row, the revolving door of PE legends and superstars just keeps spinning at The hits just keep on coming. At 100 <laughs> miles an hour. Uh, this, might be, this might be the most accomplished, most impressive guest we've had on so far. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Open Impact Award winner, o- Open National Trainer of the Year, uh, hell of a lawnmower, uh, one of the best PD session presenters in the land. I, I mean, we could spend 20 minutes just in accolades alone. Round net champion. Round net champion, <laughs> or, or as I like to call him, Brian DeVore. Brian, how are we doing today, buddy? Doing well, Mike. It's been a full week, hasn't it? It's yes. been an obscenely fun, <laughs> full, amazing week with amazing people, amazing sessions. What's been your highlight so far, one of the coolest things that's happened at the conference? Well, obviously, um, you know, the whole atmosphere behind the Open Impact Awards on Wednesday night was just tremendous to, you know, see where things started at three years ago in Seattle. And and I was at the first session that they did presenting this at a Shape America conference, uh, convention, excuse me. And to see where that's gone in the last three years. uh, When we were in there, you know, kind of mixing and mingling at the beginning, I looked at Aaron at one point and I said, looked around I said did you ever think that this would get to this point and he said nope never <laughs> so just that that whole facility and the way everything went and just the entire evening was just tremendous and to be around such a, a group of wonderful educators and open national trainers and then some of the special guests that we had in attendance there at the event too really made it an outstanding evening and then there was the fact that you won open impact trainer of the year well, I mean, you know, that that was um, very meaningful to me. And as I said that night, you know, to be in the room with those people that, you know, nominated me and, and wrote kind things about me and support and making that happen um, was, was a very, um, you know, a very emotional thing for me. Um, managed to keep it together most of the time. <laughs> um, 
but just in, in thinking of you know a lot when you're honored by your peers and, and and they're sitting right there in front of you it's it's one thing to you know get something in the mail or to hear that somebody wrote a nice letter about you but to hear the things that people said and to have uh, a majority of them sitting in front of you you know it really was tremendous aside from everything you've done for open and everything you were celebrated and recognized for I think the true award-winning performance was not breaking down emotionally up there because I, my heart was swelling up watching your video and hearing the words that were being said about you. I was on the verge. I was on the verge of severe tear duct failure. So, major kudos to you for being up there and speaking and you know, giving thanks and being a true pro about it. Well, I, uh, you know, I, I did think of, of Jim Deline. And I managed not to sweat out of my eyeballs, <laughs> and uh, managed managed to uh, to kind of keep it together. Almost lost it at the end there, but um, I saw uh, told Lynn Burroughs from Colorado. She was out there, and, and Lynn and I were the same uh, district teacher of the year class uh, back in 2014. And so uh, I, for some reason, there was a light that was shining from the the ceiling. And it was just enough of a distraction because it was shining right on her. And I, I, I looked over and I was like, oh, that's Lynn Burroughs. And I was like, that was what flashed through my mind. And it was just enough of a distraction to like, okay, I got it together now. <laughs> now. You mentioned that you were one of the first folks to kind of kick off this open project three years ago. I don't think many people realize that this has only been going for about three years, which in the grand scheme of, of, of life, three years is not too much time. Being part of this project the whole entire way, and seeing where you were three years ago and where we are now. What goes through your mind? What, what do you think about? What does that mean to you to see how far open has come? Well, I think, you know, and first of all, you know, really this actually started almost four years ago because, and I was not on the initial, you know, committee that went through and the initial group that went through and, and kind of did the some of the legwork to get things going for that Seattle convention. I came on board right as the Seattle convention ended and you know got involved when it came to start to plan the the trainings and all i think i think andy pickett did the first training and i think i did the second one in west virginia and, and ellen ormsby and i were, were talking about it this week about how um you know we we're in west virginia we had never done this before and you know building the plane as we fly as we <laughs> as we like to say and a couple of, of uh, conference calls with aaron and in uh, emails back and forth to figure out okay how how what's this going to look like how's it going to go um, you know, and, and as far as, you know, what it means to me, I mean, it, it, it's all about the teachers in the, in the classrooms. And we, we talk all the time. It's teachers helping teachers. And that's what we're all about. And we're trying to make sure that these teachers have, you know, the adequate curriculum. I've taught, as I tell people in my sessions, I've taught under both circumstances where I'm in a program in a district that's highly funded and I'm in a, a program or a district where there are no professional development funds. There's no funds for curriculum. There's no funds for equipment. And, you know, it it's about equity of access. The, the kids and the teachers in those two districts should have the same access to quality physical education that anybody else does. And so, you know, for me to see that, that teachers are reaching out, they're using, downloading the resources, and they're, they're making quality physical education happen in their classrooms, that's, that's the biggest payoff for me. So in that three-year stretch, we've gone from a random rogue training in West Virginia to a I don't know, what seems like a, a almost a machine now that is trying to get to as many people as we can, doing things like the, the Pedaling for PE project where we're trying to get as much outreach into those areas where, again, we're at, where resources aren't readily available. What's something that you hope to see, let's say, three years down the road as we continue building and growing and 
reaching out to more people. Is there something that, that you're kind of tailoring your eyes to as part of that vision? Well, I think, you know, as we continue to make improvements in physical education and, and as we continue to add more modules, um, it's one thing that, that I hope that we can start to perhaps branch into the health curriculum and develop, you know, something with health um, to enable health teachers, you know, kind of the same thing. A lot of times you're just, you're given a textbook and, you know, said, here it is, go ahead, you know, plan it. And as we look at, at things that are more skills-based in, in regards to health and, and children not necessarily, or students not necessarily, you know, knowing, you know, the different nutrients, but how do those different nutrients affect the body and what's going to happen to my body if I am, I'm lacking in a certain nutrient or, you know, what do I need to do to make my body feel better? So I think as we look forward, you know, that, that's one thing that I hope that we start to look to address and obviously it's a big project it's not something that's, you know going to happen in a couple of months but um, you know that's something that I would like to see since the curriculum of health and physical education kind of go hand in hand I think obviously it would be a natural fit and we do have a lot of teachers especially the middle school and high school level that have that dual role they um, you know they teach a couple class periods of health and then maybe you know a couple three four class periods of physical education well if they're already familiar with the quality of curriculum that we have with physical education then it's a natural fit to jump into that health component and, and you know they they'll have academic language cards for health just like they do for physical education and, and you know some of those different strategies and, and teaching and learning tools that we've provided you mentioned new modules whether it be health nutrition or or other things in that in that realm um, I thought I knew quite a bit about you maybe all there was to know about you I didn't realize that you were also a lacrosse aficionado and were uh, very instrumental in the release of the new lacrosse module that just came out. Right, so um, actually I'm not a lacrosse aficionado <laughs> and I've never played the game and never coached the game. <laughs> um, the the but, way but that- you did stay in a Holiday Inn. I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> so, uh, but actually the way that happened was um, I went to teach at a new middle school the school had opened the year before in the spring, um, you know, the building officially opened, they got all their equipment in and some of their staff left. So I came in as department head and saw these boxes on the shelf that were unopened. So I wonder what's in these boxes. So I start ripping the boxes open and it's all lacrosse sticks. Well, this was 2002. I, I'd never played before. I'd heard about it, seen it on TV. Sure. Went to school, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. They have a strong lacrosse program there. So I'm like, okay, let me see what I can find out about this. So went in and actually, Kind of looked at some stuff from U.S. Lacrosse because they had started to try and get into the schools a little bit. Uh, I was teaching in Georgia. They did not have high school lacrosse as a, a GHSA sport at that time. It was just kind of coming into being. So I was like, you know, none of my kids have played. I've never played, but maybe we can all learn together. And if they don't know, then, you know, I can at least fudge it and get through it. <laughs> so um, that's what we did. We did, uh, you know, kind of a two-week in middle school, kind of a two-week unit. I kind of you know, designed my own things, picked uh, a few things up from U.S. Lacrosse and, you know, transferred some activities from some other, you know, uh, games and skills that I had done before and kind of got a neat little unit going. And, and I guess, when, you know, one of the biggest payoffs was from that was we had a student that was a sixth grader at the time, went through our middle school program. By the time he got to high school, it had been incorporated into Georgia High School Sports, played at the local high school. And he had never been involved in sports before, played at the local high school, and ended up getting a lacrosse scholarship to a small college, you know, through that. That's awesome. And, and, and you know, those are the kind of stories where, you know, you, you expose kids to different things, and, and it might be that kid's niche that he finds that grabs a hold of him. And then 
when I moved to elementary school, um, you know, a lot of the high school programs have been involved and we ended up getting some, some equipment through one of the um, high school programs and was able to kind of, you know, tweak the, some of the things I'd done at middle school to make it work for grades three through five. And, and really K2, you know, we, we try and we tried to do some, some work with them and instead of using the long lacrosse sticks, we used the short-handled scoops instead because, you know, it's, a, it's kind of a similar skill there, short-handled implement, give them a little bit more control. So um, it was a lot of fun to work and it was fun too because it was a collaboration between myself from the education side and then also BSN lacrosse and their whole um, sports division. So having some of those folks, uh, you know, work with us and to create that open module was, was a lot of fun and a unique experience. Well, on behalf of the 33,000 plus teachers and millions and millions of students that are impacted by those teachers, we, we all thank you for being involved in that module. I personally, as a teacher, love getting a fully built out, thought out, comprehensive module or unit that I'm not strong with, and I'm, I was a baseball guy growing up, so lacrosse is not in my wheelhouse either, but I already feel more confident now knowing that someone infinitely smarter than I am has put in the, the time and the work to craft that together. So thank you for, for being so be, being a risk taker and saying, you know what, I have the equipment, let's figure this out. Yeah, yeah and you have to do that as a teacher. I mean, you know, we gotta, we have to step outside of our comfort zone, and I've taught in those situations, you know, in elementary school. Anybody who knows me, dance is not my strong suit. <laughs> but um, I, you know, I've taught, with, you know, and team taught things with dance, and and you know, I've had teachers say, well, you know, I, I'll lead this one if you want me to, because I know that you know this isn't your strength. I'm like, no, the kids need to see. And you know, the other part too is being being the, the male role model in that situation too. You know, if I'm not up there participating and doing doing the things, um, you know, with the students, I mean, I, I think that they notice those those types of things. So it's like. Even though I have to count to four and count to eight in my head constantly, <laughs> and uh, you know, I still you know get up there and do it and do my best, just like we ask kids to do. Right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, to let everyone see, kind of you know, pull, pull back the curtain a little bit. We've been trying, Mike and I have been trying desperately to get Brian sitting in this chair for for about three days. He's arguably one of the busiest people at this conference, if not in the world. Uh, I can't thank you enough for taking a few minutes to chat with us today. He, uh, Brian Devore, is a good presenter he's a great teacher he's an even better human being thanks so much for everything you've done for us this week for over the last three years things you continue to do and congrats again on being the open impact national trainer of the year well thank you and and i've got to also thank you guys because you guys are risk takers too i mean you 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 guys came to to open into aaron and talked about you know doing the podcast and and um, you know, getting involved with the social media and all the all the different things that you know Open needs to have in order to build the machine, like you said. <laughs> um, you know, and this is another critical piece of, of reaching out to teachers and, and letting them know and putting putting a, a voice behind some of the things that we do with Open. And, and we appreciate everything that you guys do to make this successful and to to keep the teachers informed and, and broadcast Open across the world. <laughs> well, I apologize that it's our voices you have to hear, but. Thank you for the kind words, and again, thank you for your time, Brian. No problem. Thanks, Have a Brian. great day, guys. Folks, day three of the Open Forum podcast here at Shape Nashville in the Music City Center, the U.S. Games booth. I, I, I tell you, the the traffic has not slowed down at all since the exhibit hall opened a few days ago, and because of all that traffic, we've had to wait until this point to get our next guest on, arguably the hardest working man in the business and a very, very dear friend of ours and of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Hart is with us today. Aaron, what's going on, bud? I am uh, running on adrenaline right now. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, talk a little bit about what has this week been like for you? I've seen you in thousands of conversations and rooms and things. What you been up to? Really, the, uh, the week's been all about uh, talking with members, uh, folks that we, we support through you know, all the services that we provide, the, the curriculum services, uh, talking with partners, those folks that help us create the content or the experiences that we're able to provide to our members, um, uh, to, to build bridges with other organizations that maybe we haven't really spoken to about how we can collaboratively work together um, and how, how you know, we can start to do that. Uh, you know, Shape America has put on a really good conference this year. Mm -hmm. They've done a nice job of building the energy and the positivity around uh, uh, the, the entire show uh, for them and for all of us as participants. So I'm, I'm grateful to them uh, as well for putting on just a, what I think is a great conference this year. One of those partners that, that you just spoke about is Fitnessgram, the Cooper Institute. Yes. I, I see a little a little insignia yeah, we on, on the shirt you're rocking today as well. New logo on our open shirts, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, they've been here. There's been an absurd amount of traffic on their end of the booth, but people coming to ask about Fitnessgram in general, fitness yeah. assessment questions. What has that partnership been like for you and for Open, and especially having them here in, in the booth this year? Right. Well, the, the partnership with the Cooper Institute is an important one for, for U.S. games and BSN sports. And it's, uh, you know, we've coexisted within the U.S. games world uh, for the last three and a half years uh, without really kind of connecting uh, with their assessment tools with our, our curricular tools and, and training opportunities. Uh, so just recently, and, and Mike, you were a part of this party, uh, you know, we, we went into the Cooper Institute and had a jam session with some, some really awesome people <laughs> that, that love to create content for, for teachers. And uh, the result of that jam session was, was a, a really good collaboration on resources and training uh, experiences for teachers that are going to help, uh, you know, not only with the use of Fitnessgram, uh, which Hats off to the Cooper Institute for all the improvements they've made to the Fitness Grand platform over the last couple of years uh, to make it so that it's truly a workable, uh, teacher-friendly resource and, and tool. Uh, so first and foremost, hats off to them. But the other thing is uh, Dr. Jeremy Lyon is, uh, is an amazing leader for Fitness Grand, and Caitlin is, is as well. Uh, and so to work with, with people of that quality and, and caliber and, and the fact that they, they care about the teachers that use their product is, is just amazing. So uh, I, I couldn't be more excited for our, our members and for the, the phys ed community at large because I think they're going to get a lot of great content. And whether they own the Fitnessgram software or whether they're just trying to improve their fitness education uh, environment, uh, it's going to be resources from the Cooper Institute and us open uh, that, that are going to be available and accessible to everybody. Speaking of that content, uh, a little birdie known as Twitter <laughs> informed me that Open has released a new fitness assessment related module that I guess can plug and play work with fitness assessment, fitness gram right. as a way to help beef up someone's instruction in that area. I have to assume with a little inside information being at that, at, at that jam session, that there are more things of this ilk 
coming down the pipeline. Absolutely. Is there a little bit, a little, a little snippet or yeah. a little sneak, pe- sneak peek you can share with us? Yeah, so, so the, the concept is this, is we have a fitness knowledge module that of course are, are based on the fitness knowledge outcomes from Shape America. And we, we've taken those outcomes and, and backwards engineered uh, our, our assessments and our activities with uh, uh, you know, a journal, a uh, fitness journal for students. So that would be the, kind of the first module that they would do uh, before and during their fall fitness gram uh, implementation, if they do a fall fitness gram implementation. And then uh, once the students have that information from their fitness tests, it allows them to uh, create goals and for the rest of the school year. The, the plug and play module is kind of a companion to that. So w- what we wanted to do with that is we wanted to make it easy for teachers to include fitness throughout the entire year. So you're not just doing fitness on an island in one module, but you're able to have a fitness Friday or uh, you know a, a fitness first or whatever, however you want to use those activities is up to you as an, a teacher and your instructional style. Uh, but it's really geared towards all the components of health-related fitness and how those components can be improved through the activities in that particular module. It, not necessarily in a scope and sequence kind of format, but in a plug and play format where they can work in any module that you're, you're, you're doing. And so that, those two are the first uh, for grades three through five. Uh, so as a sneak peek, uh, the next piece for th- grades three through five that we'll be working on, uh, and this will be ready for, for, for next year, um, is uh, a summer, a summer fitness planning module, which would be the wow. the last module done in the school year, so that students plan their summer fitness and go home with an actual roadmap for how they're going to improve uh, their health-related fitness components during the summer months, uh, or maintain if they don't need to improve. Some students don't need to improve; they just need to maintain their fitness. So, so that kind of progression will take place uh, through all of our levels starting at grade three. So we're not going down to the, the K2 level with that sort of progression. It's not, not necessarily appropriate. But in grade three through five, then we'll have a middle school version of that same progression as well as a high school version. And again, backwards mapped from the Shape America outcomes to make sure that all of our assessments are, are doing what what teachers need to be doing to help their students become physically literate. So, Well, that adds the whole reflective piece that starts in yeah. the three to five, five range. So you're starting to build those skills, not only reflecting on the work they've done in class and how they improve from fall to spring, but then what do I need to do to keep myself healthy when I'm not in right. pain once, right. twice, three times a week? And I, I'm pretty geeked out thinking about this summer, the, the, the summer planning yeah. module. I feel like as a high school teacher, one thing that I'm challenged with on a daily basis is making that connection to, as Mike was just saying, how do you take ownership of doing this on your own time? Why is this something that you should want to embrace as a part of your life, not just as a part of your school day? Starting at the three through five level, if you have six years of that that, that, that knowledge and that, that this is just something that I do, I, right. I, I, I take ownership of my own health, my own fitness, my activity, by the time you get to ninth, 10th grade, it's just a regular part of your life that will continue through your journey of physical literacy and lifelong fitness. It's right. building those skills. Right, and, and, and there's a uh, uh, self-efficacy piece of this mm-hmm. so that there's, there's a little inventory that the students will do at the secondary level to kind of assess uh, how they feel about what their families can provide to them in terms of opportunities to be physically active, what their community provides to them, where they can seek out these particular opportunities, as well as do they feel like they can 
seek these things out. Right. And that inventory can really inform the instruction of the, the, the physical educator to say, okay, well, half my students don't feel as if they have the, the knowledge, tools, skills, resources to be physically active during the summer. We need to remedy that. And, and then, you know, it's up to the professional, the physical educator, to really figure out what's in their own community um, that they can, they can then pull from and, and teach their students about. So we can't give them those sorts of resources. They have to seek those out. But what we hope to do is to provide the, the, the self-efficacy inventory so both the student and the teacher can kind of see where the, everybody is. And that takes the, the teaching the whole child approach and you know, really you know, smacks it right in the gut there. I mean, that, that's tapping into your social, emotional side and figuring out, like, I have thoughts and plans and resources, but how are you feeling? Right. You as a student, what do you think? Am I giving you a lesson that you don't think is doable in your own life that's going to turn you off for emotional reasons? Right. Instead, it's a very huge piece. Uh, to shift focus in a probably a, a, a rough transition there. Speaking of emotional <laughs> things, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the the Open Impact Awards again. We had a chance to speak for a few minutes before everything got started. Aaron was dressed to the nines on the red carpet, ready to to rock and roll up on stage. We didn't get a chance to talk afterwards. Uh, I want to thank you slash blame you for the, the full-fledged <laughs> assault on my, on my tear ducts yeah. that night. What, what did that evening, being in, in, in the Country Music Hall of Fame rotunda with 100 plus of your closest friends, people who you love who loved you, and celebrate all the hard work that they've done, and in a roundabout way that you won't take credit for, I'm sure, all the hard work that you've done, what did that evening mean to you? Man, that is that's almost an impossible uh, <laughs> question to answer. Um, it, it was uh, I was talking with my wife because she was obviously there to to enjoy the evening with us, and I, I mean that was top ten nights of my entire life. Um, and I, and I, the plan is to continue that tradition and have more of those awards. But because this one was the first. Uh, I, I believe, I mean, I can't imagine uh, I'm going to reach that high again. <laughs> um, but it, it is interesting that, uh, you know, I wish we could have, I wish we could have invited 33,000 members of Open to be there, but obviously. Maybe uh, next year. Yeah, maybe next year. No. <laughs> uh, you know, the budget for that probably yeah. would, uh, would have surpassed our resources. Um, <laughs> but there were so many people in the room that have positively influenced me uh, for the last 20 years of my life and uh, uh, you know like Vanessa from from Virginia she's been a part of my life for a long time and and really has has helped she's been kind of like a guardian angel um, you know that has has tried to steer me here there and uh, you know Artie Camilla when I was just when I was just a kid basically in my 20s uh, trying to figure this whole thing out uh, he he saw something uh, in, in the work that I was doing and, and, and encouraged it. And so a lot of, I mean, of course, he's on, he was on original development council uh, and that sort of thing. Um, and all the development council folks, Lori Dunn, all the, you know, they um, had a huge impact on, on how this has all turned out. And I think it's turned out pretty well. So you don't, you don't normally get to celebrate folks like that very often. A lot of people never get a chance to say thank you to some people that influenced them. The folks from New York City were there. Yep. You know, people that I've known since, since I was a, uh, uh, an elementary teacher fresh out of college. 
um, and have supported me and, and made sure that they, they reminded me constantly that I'm, a, I'm still a part of, of, of that community. Um, the DC public schools people, you know, we, we did the very first open training in DC public schools and you know for those folks to be there so I could go on and on I'm gonna forget somebody so I don't want to I don't want to try to hit everybody in the room because I know I'll forget people um, but then to have also Jason Stolly and Chris Hutton from BSN Sports and for Jason to, to get up on stage and be put on the spot and talk about what what this truly means to BSN Sports um, and and why the US Games Division supports this so strongly uh, I mean Good Lord, that was that was a special, a big moment, a special moment, and then, um, you know, for all of you, the trainers, to have the opportunity to honor one of your own, you know, that that was a special, special moment, and I know Brian, uh, he's won a lot of awards, uh, but I know that one was special to him, and uh, so. It, it, it was had, nuts. We actually had Brian on uh, a few minutes ago and talked to him about being recognized by his peers and the, the journey that he's been on with Open for you know for the last three years or so. Uh, I don't know if we have time for this today. Could you speak a little bit to what what Brian means to you and means to Open? Oh boy, um, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's such a a level headed, pragmatic. Uh, dreamer, <laughs> which I know is a complete <laughs> contrast, yeah. right? Uh, but but if you present Brian with a big idea, uh, he he won't automatically uh, show you the 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 excitement of let's say uh, a Brandon Herwick. <laughs> <laughs> Very few do, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, so so you you almost have to think: Does he think this is a good idea? And he doesn't know if he thinks it's a good idea. He's got to process it, sure. and and that that sort of like experience and and a, a stoic approach uh, to what we're trying to accomplish has kept things balanced uh, for the whole for the whole team. And the example that he sets for all of the trainers is I, I can't uh, I couldn't have asked for a better leader. And and it's it's not like we said, hey Brian, you're the leader, right? Right. We just all recognize that he is. Uh, obviously, sure. right? Uh, because yeah. because everybody, um, you know, wanted wanted to make sure he had that award. So, yeah, I just I, I number one, he's he's an amazing friend of mine now. Um, the, the the relationship that we've developed over the last four years is I, I I'm so grateful for that piece of it, um, and I'm grateful for the for the fact that I can turn to him just as I can turn to all the trainers, right? And if I need something. Uh, uh, within his power within his resources uh he he'll do it you know and and and, and not only that if he thinks i'm out of my mind which <laughs> he has on occasion he'll tell me right he'll honestly tell me you need to be careful here or you need to be careful there or hey this is a great idea but you need to approach it from maybe a different perspective and uh, uh we, we've altered our plans based on you know everybody's opinion but but brian has been probably uh He's not afraid to tell me what he's thinking, but in a very respectful and meaningful way. That's awesome. So I, I can't I, say enough. I asked Brian this question, and it's probably even more appropriate to ask you. I'm sure everyone listening, and certainly the two of us, would just call you a flat-out liar <laughs> if you said that three years ago 
you thought Open would be, where it is now, doing what it is now, pedaling for PE in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, uh, sitting in this one, you know, first of its kind exhibit hall booth. The Open and, PE Hearts program. Yeah, absolutely. Just doing all these things. Well, looking back over three years, what do you think about where Open has, where it started and where it is now? Yeah, in three years, if, if three years ago, uh, if I were to be sitting in the BSM boardroom uh, presenting what I thought the vision in three years would be to to um, the leadership of BSN, I would not have said any of this <laughs> because I, you know, I'm I, honestly I, I like to uh, underpromise, overperform. Sure. Uh, it, it's just it's it's the nature of kind of how I try to conduct business. Um, we overperformed. <laughs> I mean, there's there's no question about it, and uh, uh, the uh, and here's the other thing: it's not possible if BSN doesn't give all of us the freedom uh, to be creative, to take risks, to, uh, uh, to to be authentic. And you know, this is not a, a, an organization that was was created to chase money. Which historically, if you look back at uh, even now, you know, a lot of curricula not just in the physical education world but elsewhere it's designed and created to be profitable right I mean because and, and that makes sense it's it's you have to find a sustainable model and that's been the model uh, we have a new model we have a different model and so that allows us to go into places like uh, rural Louisiana in the Delta region some of the poorest communities in our entire country and and work uh, thoughtfully to try to transform those communities and we're gonna do a lot more we've already done uh, rural Colorado which you're not gonna think r rural Colorado like you know but there are PE teachers in Colorado that are teaching in in very difficult conditions on an island and they feel lost and alone well we sent two trainers into the into those places and invited them to come in and be trained mm -hmm. and and the result was uh, really positive for shape Colorado uh, they gained members uh, because of it and because of that opportunity that we were able to provide and and all that's a result of BSN believing in this as a public service uh, in, in supporting it as such. What about the next three years? Oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I'm not even gonna try to predict like uh, you know uh, This summer we're gonna expand the training team again uh, We're gonna take it to 60. So we're at 44 now. We're gonna we're gonna add 16 more we're doing it in partnership with uh, state organizations, uh, so allowing those state organizations to identify folks that they feel would be uh, good trainers. And, and you know, we're uh, you know not in every state. It's for for, for states that uh, feel as if they're they're kind of ready for that step. Um, but we're we're willing to talk to any state organization and, and help support them in that way. And again, it's it's it's. It's about reaching out to the 80% of teachers out there, 160 plus thousand PE teachers that don't have the resources uh, to to be here at Shape America and experience this amazing. So that's why these podcasts are amazing. That's why we wanted to have uh, opportunities on Twitter for folks at home. Uh, you know, I mean, there's there's amazing physical educators here, and I love to interact with them. But it's such a small percentage of the people who I want to interact with. Yeah, right. Sure. You know, and I think the numbers so far are speaking for themselves. And we we saw a little bit of this on Wednesday night at the the Impact Awards. Over thirty three thousand teachers uh, registered on Open so far. Yeah, who are touching seventeen million plus students. 
I would have to assume that number is just going to continue growing and growing and growing as we're reaching rural Colorado, rural Louisiana, getting to places that don't have access to not even the national conference, but maybe their state conference. So right. hopefully we, we, we can continue getting that, that message out there, that buzz and, and, and building, you know, again, equity of access for people around right. the country and right. around the world. Absolutely. And I was blown away. The guys from Australia that, that came through and they're like, open is huge in Australia. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. And uh, well, it fits in so well with their existing yeah, their existing programs, their right. existing philosophy. It just and I'm so glad barrier. they were able to kind of come and you know share that. Yeah, yeah. you know. So it's I, you know in three years from now, uh, I hope we're just we're doing what we're doing today, yeah. but on a larger scale. Um, I'm not sure that I can handle <laughs> much more than 60 open national trainers, um, and and that's just because you guys put so much love inside my heart. My heart's gonna explode if, if we if if we have too many more. Um, but I'm sure we'll we'll find a way to manage that process. Um, and and the trainers do. You guys do so much. You know all the trainers, and and I I can't express my gratitude to you all enough. Well, hopefully you recognize that we're simply rubber banding, you know, back what you send out to us. Uh, The work that you have done and continue to do is a very high bar for us to look up to and reach to. And we enjoy every single second of trying to reach that. So you keep rocking people from New York City to Australia, apparently. And (laughs) the other side of the world. We're going to keep trying to, to match that model. All right. So Game on. Aaron Hart, Executive Director <laughs> of OpenPhysEd.org. Uh, thank you so much for your time today. I know yeah. you've had tons and tons of meetings and people to talk to, hands to shake, babies to kiss. We, <laughs> we appreciate a few minutes of your time today. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. And uh, I don't know when I'm going to see you again, but next time I see you, we'll talk again. Yeah, yeah. Man, absolutely. All right. Thanks, Thanks guys. Lot, Aaron.